Good evening. It's good to be here. And uh, as you know, America, everything is about time. I'm really working on that. But uh, sometime, actually, Pastor Dwight gave me a let go to go a little bit longer, maybe 10 more minutes, you know. Uh, for those of you probably coming here for the first time, my name is Basia. I am a, I'm a Calvary Chapel pastor in Kane, Haiti. And uh, Pastor Dwight already gave you some info. And so, thank you, Pastor Dwight. So, he wants, Pastor Dwight wants me just to give you at least 10 minutes and of all that is going on in, in Haiti from, from scratch to where we're at right now. And uh, really, it's amazing just to, to be part of what God is doing in Kanai, Haiti. And I say I'm glad to be part of it. Because I'm not there for, I mean, you know, after me, there will be somebody else. And it's really God's work in Kane. So I'm, I'm from there. I'm from Kane, Haiti. And so as, uh, after I met Betty and I came here, went to the Bible college, and I always say that. And there's something that really caught my heart, you know, here was the teaching. The teaching that really, really got me. But... Uh, before I came here, there is something that I've been thinking about. I just want to say it because it's about Cabo Chapel here. And uh, we have uh, Tim Danielson did something, and uh, that's still getting me today. When Tim went down there to Haiti on a mission trip, he knew that I could not speak English, and I could barely say hi, but he took time to worship with me. And I, I, don't, I don't forget about it. He was on the step with face down on the step. He was singing very nice worship song with me. And I've been blessed. And I still remember that today. And I think about, you know, what God can do. I mean, you know, some, even though we cannot communicate the language, but the sound, God can do amazing things. So, Kane Haiti is a poor area, is a place, you know, one of the worst places in Haiti uh, in voodoo. And voodoo, guys, is serious. It's not, it's not something, I don't want to scare you, but really, it's, it's a bad thing, really, really bad. And uh, they can kill you easily with bad powder, and they can really do a lot of bad stuff with spirit. I mean, you know, but when... When you are a Christian, yes, thing you can be oppressed, but you can stay strong and knowing that God will deliver you. So, so when when we got back to Kane, because when I got married with Betty, and so I went to the Bible College, and imagine, guys, a, getting here is like from hell to heaven. I mean, he, I, I'm serious, guys. I mean, Haiti is so poor, the corruption is so bad, and life is so hard. To eat every day is very hard. I mean, really, really hard. And when you get to America, America is a clean place. Is, uh, is, I mean, you know, it's really a beautiful country. So when I got here, I enjoy seeing everything. I went to the Bible college. But, you know, when I got to the Bible college, and I really got caught, you know, the word got me. And I was so blessed. 
All I could think about is to go back and share people all the good thing I've learned. Imagine I graduate May 25, uh, to May 25, and uh, so 2005, and I landed in Haiti in July 19. Never forget that, and left everything. And Pastor Dwight and I, we talk about, so Pastor, what do you need to go back? I said, I need a laptop and a dump truck. That's what we started with. So when you get to Carnegie, it was nothing. And uh, people, all the kids had no, pl no plan. They did not know what to plan about. And uh, they people have not been taught there. And so we started faithfully teaching the people uh, the scriptures. And... From nothing, when I said nothing, I don't, what else, what else can I say? Nothing, nothing. And so I always say that. So in that area, we, have, we had no electricity at that time. We don't have any business going on, like, you know, no Walmart, no Papa John Pizza, and uh, no market, you know, absolutely nothing. It's like people living in the desert. And so... With Kabul Chapel being planted there, and we have seen the Lord doing amazing things, and we are to the point where we're saying, Lord, thank you so much for all you've done. It's like now the work is over my head. It's like I need a lot of help and support. And so today, the kids did not have hope, and we have a school, and it's a Christian school, and it's over 500 kids right now. And so we share the word of God, you know, at the school. And so we, we have the church where people can learn the word of God. And so the Lord provide a radio station where people can hear, you know, God's word. And, uh, and uh, we, we are working in a clinic right now just to provide, you know, health care for the people. The clinic is almost done to completion. We are done with the doors. We are done with the tiles. We are working on the fence right now. The Lord have been provided. We built a market for the people. And so we get to the highest grade right now, grade 13 at the school, which was a big thing that I wanted. Because in the past, the kids used to go to Hinge just to, uh, to continue with the high school. Now, it's not the same. We keep all the young kids, you know, and, you know, in our area. And so our youth group is amazing because we keep the kids here. And we have, we have to the highest grade right now and, uh, at the school. So God has done amazing thing right now. And it was through the church because the church is the primary a call that we have to go there just to start the church. And uh, so it's a blessing. So now what's the problem? So you're talking about, so, I mean, you know, when God adding, you know, people to the church, we always say that it's not my problem, it's God's problem. So God has blessed the church and uh, he blessed the land, the area, and uh, where we at, I mean, with the radio station, as I mentioned, and with the people at the church, and with 500 kids, we have two major, uh, two major ministry that are very heavy on our shoulder right now. It's uh, the school, the school, and it's gonna be again the the clinic. And the school, what's the problem? 
And uh, we are so happy. All of the kids in this area, they are able just to come to, to school and from kindergarten to the 13th grade. And it's so beautiful just to see them. If you used to go to Haiti, it's always awesome just to see them. But the problem is we are having a hard time to feed the children. And it's kind of very expensive. We need to pay the teachers. And uh, so we, 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 we always talk to Dave about it, and uh, we mention it to Pastor Dwight, and we have other people who know about it. And so that is, that is a prayer request, because this expense is going to be an ongoing, because every year we need to keep helping the kids. But guess what? We're serving a big God. We're serving a big God. Sometimes even if we don't know where things are coming from, but we're serving a rich God and we can trust him. So you can pray about that. And also the clinic, and now we're hoping just to see the clinic uh, starting maybe at the end of this year. So just pray because we will need people coming from the state staying there maybe for a year and take turn. And uh, it, will, it will be operating 24-7. So this is going to be another huge ministry that needs to be operated also. So we're looking forward for you just to pray for us and uh, uh, with all that's going on. And the last thing I want to talk about is uh, Haiti, because of the corruption going on, and uh, we are facing a very, very hard time in the politics area. We have a kidnapping that is going on right now. It's uh, crazy, crazy, crazy. And uh, it's the kidnapping is because of the way the government is handling the country, which is not a good way. And uh, so people are getting mad. The opposition sector uh, is getting really mad. And the people, they are not really getting anything from the government because I am I'm the mayor for my area. So we have not received anything just to help the people. And uh, so it's really hard. So people are getting mad. The opposition people, they're getting mad. And uh, all of that together. And uh, so many gangs right now are trying to kidnap people. And uh, lately, they, they went inside the church. There was a pastor with a group of people uh, uh, doing some worship. It was live. And so they got in with gun, kidnapped the pastor and the other four people on stage and go with them. So they have to pay money for these people just to be freed. So as I'm talking right now, ah, it's so bad, guys. As I'm talking while I'm in the States right now, they've been kidnapped, I think, about eight people from Catholic. There were at least four to five priests, and the rest, the rest is religious people. And so they still don't free the people yet. But I've seen on the news, they freed three of them. So to free those three, there was a gang leader in prison. Somehow they've made some, I mean, with the government people, in order for them just to free some of these people, they have to free the gang leader. 
And this is what we've heard. They freed the gang leader in order just to get the three people out, but they still have the rest of the priest, you know, being captured. So this is what we're going and we're going to, what is going on right now in the street. People don't stay at night. And in Port-au-Prince, it's crazy. And because of that, we don't have people going to Haiti right now. We are just working and finding another way to go around it. Because if you are able just to get to Hench without going to Port-au-Prince, everything is safe. So just want uh, to tell you, you know, something. Yeah, things that's going on in Haiti right now, and you can keep praying for us. Really, it's the whole world. I'm just telling you what's going on in Haiti. But I'm sure if I would tell you, please tell me what's going on in America, there are things you would probably want to tell me too. So thank you for your prayer, and uh, keep praying for us. So now let's open our Bible <laughs> to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 12, a, a chapter that, uh, you know, we are all familiar with and we, I'm pretty sure that we, we, we love, and, but there are still things in this chapter, um, I'm wondering if we really get it. And you may read a scripture verse and uh, for many years you've been reading it, but there are still things you you, uh, you, you don't get, because how do I understand scripture? I understand that the scriptures, when we read something, because it, it, you know, in, in Psalm 1, when we read something, we meditate on it, you know, and after that we have to apply it. So if we read the scripture, we meditate on it, and we don't apply it, so why reading it? So that's why I'm saying Genesis chapter 12, I believe there are things we still need to see how we can get from it. And we will always get something from the word of God whenever we read it. (laughs) So let's pray before we start. Father, we thank you so much for today and uh, what you're doing in our lives. And uh, Lord, as we open the book of Genesis chapter 12, and uh, we ask you, Lord, to to open our eyes and uh, just to show us things hiding behind the scripture. And so, Lord, not only we can read it, we will meditate on it and apply it. That's what we're really looking from us. We know that when we read the word, your word, is uh, reading exactly you know, what you, you, you're telling us. And, Lord, not only we want to hear from you, not only we want to read what you you have to say, but we want to apply it and just prepare our heart to receive your word, you know, as you mentioned. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, Genesis chapter 12, let's me start by reading the first three verses. <clears throat> now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred. In your father's house to the land that I will show you. And uh, sometimes I just like to highlight things. I would highlight that. To the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. So that you will be a blessing. 
I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And I would probably underline the last part also. So, first of all, the Lord is talking to Abraham. So, asking him just to leave his country to go to a place that he, he will show him. First of all, in our life, we often want to know the future. And I do believe if uh, someone would come up with the answer, when is going to be our last day on this earth? We would pay, I don't know how much money to know that because we're always looking for answer. We want to know the future. We live in the present, you know, but we want to know the future. And that's really what it's all about, you know, the prophecy. We always want to know. But God is willing to show people the future if you're really searching, if you really want to know. So, Abraham has to leave his country by faith. And Abraham, before leaving, he, he needs to be willing to learn where he is going step by step. It's like God did not really give him all of the step to where he is going. And in our life, that's what we want. So in our lives, you know, if we would say there is, there is a, an opening door in, in Iraq right now for a missionary just to go, the first thing would be, how is it over there? We want to know. Imagine, Abraham did not even know where he was going. And you or me, we're asking, so how is it over there? How far it is? How long will I need just to drive to get there? So we, want, we always want to ask as many questions. We have a list of questions. Ask him before we can say yes to the Lord. And I believe that this text really is about people who want to do what God wants without questioning. Abraham has to did not have to did not even ask question like you know where he was going. So he has to plan on going by faith. And uh, he did not know the place. But talking about Abraham, 
The name of Abraham means exalted father. I mean, he is a person placed on a high or a powerful position held in high regard. So people look to Abraham. So, and after that, they would change the name of Abraham to Abraham, which means father of many nations. The Lord, the Lord told him just to go from your country, take all your people, you know, your, your family, just go to a place that I will show you. Before I came to America, my wife, you know, you know, said we are going to America. I was so happy about it. But I was able to just ask so many questions, and he, she was able to just answer some of them. But still, I had to learn so many things as we were coming in, as I was living in. Really serving the Lord, the first thing is to know that God called you. The second thing is to pick up the cross. Let me put it that way. It's just to say yes to the Lord. And the rest is history. That's the way. It was for Abraham. And that's the way it should be for us. Because God did, was not looking for Abraham to ask him all of this question. It's like, Abraham, do you trust me? Do you know that I am your God? So if so, Abraham, I want you to go out to a place that I will show you. So let's see. But before for Abraham leaving that, God made some promise to him. That is normal for all of us just to hear from the Lord, to know that what God has in plan for us. In verse 2 to verse 3, we see the promises to Abraham. First of all, he says, well, and I will make of you a great nation. Hmm. Through Abraham, you know, there will be a nation. And we know that to have a nation, you have to have the law, and uh, you have to have people, you need to have the land. And so the descendants of Abraham is going to be coming a nation. Wow. It's like, Abraham, you don't have to know where I'm sending you. But one thing that I want to tell you, in my eyes, you are a big guy. All I need from you is to trust me. And he said to Abraham again, I will, I will make your name great first, and so that you will be a blessing. When going on a mission field, or when we are doing something for the Lord, are we a blessing to people? When people come to us for counseling, or you know, when serving people, that's what I'm getting from the scripture, if I understand it right. So I'm going to make you, you are going to be a blessing 
It's not what you are going to do that's going to be a blessing. It's that when people see you, they will see you are someone who can bless somebody. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. In him who dishonor you, I will curse. So, God is not looking for you just to fight. I've been saying that to some people I've met, you know, this week. Well, the battle is not ours. The battle is the Lord. I want to know for sure that it's God calling me. And I want to have the green light saying, go. As long as I know this too, the rest, as I said, is history. So I need to be ready just to learn step by step, you know, how God is showing me, what he has to show me. And that's really, that's really make, that's make life interesting. Not knowing what you, what's coming through tomorrow. We always love something new. What's, let's go to ministry if we want some, something new. We will not get the full picture because we will have to learn day after day the next steps from God. So, God can not only bless people, but he can curse people. I love Exodus 14, 14, saying that, hey, I said, people may hate you. People may not like you. But know that I am with you. The battle is me. It's for me. You are not. And we can't. We have the tendency sometimes just to fight in our own strength. But really we can't. God did not even try to tell us to try it. God always wants to put us behind and he's up front. I like that about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is upon us. The Holy Spirit is in us. The Holy Spirit is with us. So we are protected from corner to corner. So, yes, we may face, situa- face many problems you know, on the way, but we need to know that we are protected. Because what we're doing, God is the one who called us. Talking about the blessing, what do we consider in our life as a blessing? For me, I understand that the ability just to worship the Lord is a blessing. To worship the Lord freely is a blessing. There are so many people in this world who cannot gather together. There are churches that want to meet. They're meeting under the ground. They're trying. And here we are in America. We come 630. We, we, we know that there won't be cop out there waiting just to chase us. No, no. This is a blessing. And we need to count that. We need to think about it. I know when we look at the news, we see how things are going. And, uh, you know, we, we praise God. We are still 
having the freedom just to come to church and worship the Lord. This is a blessing. It is a blessing also for me. When I check my ear, I can hear. It is a blessing for me. I can read. I mean, sitting here, guys, we are all sitting here. We are not deaf. I mean, we can hear what the word of God says. We can read what the word of God says. What I was doing, this is a blessing. There are many people that can't because of some of the problems they may have. I can understand. But let's count it. That is a blessing also. The people of Israel, you know, after getting back from captivity in Babylon, in Psalm 126.3, they said the Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. I, I truly believe that, you know, sometimes when we come to church, something is missing. Sometimes we don't really express our happiness. And for all that God has done for us, for all that God is doing for us, I mean, you know, let's look in our face and each other. Let's see the joy of the Lord. So that's important to do that. So also, whenever you are outside today, the way the world is operating today, Aren't you afraid that you feel that the better place is where we're at right now? That you feel that if we could take all our children, if they could make a room for all of us to stay right here, that would be the best place to be? What do you do when God does something important for you? Let's see what the people of Israel, you know, on the way from Egypt to Canaan, let's see what they've done. In Exodus chapter 15, oh, after they crossed the Red Sea, it's like, hey, on the way, they did not know that. But on the way from Egypt, after crossing the Red Sea, they sang a beautiful song. I don't know what you're going to do after we get over the COVID-19. I'm just praying that we can get rid of that one day. I don't know what you're going to do, but it's a tough time living in right now. It's hard. I need to have a COVID test before I get to America. And I need to have another COVID test they're going to pick your nose, take something, get into your nose, water coming out from your eyes. It's not that sweet. I want us just to get rid of that. So they sing a song. So the blessing for me is all the good thing God has done and still doing in our life. And he says to Abraham, you will be a blessing. You will be a blessing. And uh, 
I will bless those who bless you, and uh, in him who dishonors you, I will curse, and uh, you all the family, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Do you know what I've been thinking? I do believe that Israel merit a lot of respect from all the nations. Why? The Bible, talk, the Bible talks about Israel is a blessing. Because when we talk about Abraham, you know, from Abraham we have Isaac, Isaac we have Jacob, and they changed the name of Jacob to Israel. And so the descendants of Abraham is a blessing to the whole earth. So I do believe that how many Christians are in the whole world? How many Christians are in America? How many Christians are living, you know, in all the countries? Have, they, have not been the read this verse? Israel is a blessing to the whole earth. So if Israel has been a blessing to the whole earth, we need to respect that country. We need to love that country. That country is special to us as Christians. So, Abraham was somebody in the eyes of the Lord. He looked at him and uh, really told him, hey, this is what you are going to be, you know, on this earth. So, In verse, verse 4, so Abraham, what he did, I wish I could see another verse where Abraham said, So Lord, uh, where am I going? What's the name of the land that I'm going? I did not, you, you don't see that. It says in, you know, so Abraham went. As the Lord has told him. So I'm going to knock. I don't know who. Have you heard from the Lord? Have you heard his voice saying go? And if you heard it. What did you do? Are you waiting for a list. Of answers. To be answered. Or do you want just to look at that verse. And say Lord. You called me. And I truly believe that it's your voice. There's no problem for you just to test the voice to make sure that it's the Lord. But after knowing that it's for sure it's God's voice, you need to make the decision. And God is watching you. When are you going? I won't know that. But Abraham, the Lord, talked to him. and, And all he did without questioning is he departed. You know, Abraham went. As the Lord told him. And Lot went with him in verse 4. Abraham, you know, was 75 years old when he departed from Hanan. The Bible tells us where. But himself, he did not know. So, and Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and Lot's his brother, his brother's son, and all their possession that they had gathered. And the people that 
they had acquired, you know, in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. This is where they're going. So when they came to the land of Canaan, Abraham, verse 6, passed through the land of the place at Sishem to the, to the Ark of Moach. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offering, okay, to your offspring, sorry, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country on the cast of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord and Abraham journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. So Abraham departed as the Lord, you know, talked to him. So again, looking at Abraham, as I said, did not question saying, Lord, where is that place? So how far is that place? And for how long will I be there? How long will I be there? How it look like over there? He did not even question. Oh, I'm getting old right now. I'm, I'm 75 right now. Maybe I should stay, you know, where I'm at right now. But he did not do that. So Abraham lived, you know, in Heron today, we, we, which is Turkey. So the distance from Heron to Canaan, I mean, to where he came from, to where he was going, and I, I researched it's about 7,568.9 miles. Well, that's a long way to go. So he departed. But remember that the mission field, the ministry, you can plan as much you can, but you need to be ready just to learn one step at a time. Because mostly God doesn't show the whole picture. There is always surprise for you. You know, there is always surprise. And that's what makes ministry fun. There are good times. There are bad times. But all that we need to know that, you know, this is God's place. What I'm doing is the Lord, you know, is for the Lord. And so just be courage, that's all. So he had a long way just to go. Something happened. In the land that when he got there, in, uh, there was a famine. There was a famine. And if you go to verse 10, so in verse 10 it says that, and Abraham journey and still going toward the Negev. So in verse 10, that was verse 9, in verse 10 it says, now there was a famine in the land. So Abraham went down to Egypt 
to journey there, for the famine was, was severe in the land. There was a famine, famine in the land that's really, that was really not a good news for Abraham. For, for, for Abraham. I mean, being there, the Lord did not tell me, tell him that, you know, there would be a famine there. And he figured out he had to feed the children. It's like me today. Having 500 kids, I need to feed. Here I am, you know, I get stuck with them. I need to, to get some food for them. And Abraham is thinking just to go to Egypt to get food. Oh, now I get it, Pastor Dwight. When I come in America, talking to people to see if they can help Haiti. I have that verse. Whenever, whenever there's a famine in Haiti, there's something going on. All this crowd say, calling Pastor Dwight or you know, other brothers and sisters in the, in the state saying, oh, there's a famine in Haiti right now. We need help. And sometimes when I come here, they might take an offering. Sometimes, you know, with people around here, meeting with people here, someone might say, hey, here's $1,000, just go toward the, you know, the people that are hungry. So I get it. Abraham was thinking about, you know, what to do. And so he decided to leave the place he got into now to Egypt. Looking for what? Looking for food. Well, it is interesting. There's something, you know, right there we need to get. It is interesting that the descendants of Abraham had the tendency to always look to Egypt for refuge. We see that Jacob and his son, due to another famine going on in Genesis chapter 42, 5, we see that you know, they went again to Egypt to find food. So today, America for me is like Egypt. So many people are trying to get in. We see that, you know, how in the border. So many people, they are hungry, you know, they want job, you know. You know, life in the countries, you know, is very tough. And they get into the border looking to get through so they can survive. Life is hard. So that was in the place that Abraham found him. So he had to go to, 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 to Egypt. So not only him, but his descendants, they, they, they did that also. We see that Jacob, you know, and, and his son, so they go there. It's the same, as I said, you know, in Haiti. We always look for some support and to, 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 to help the people. So when God calls you in the leadership position, be ready to learn and experience many things. Be ready to learn. So, you know, it's not like you know, going to the Bible school is one thing. For me, it's a theory. But when you are living with the people, put yourself ready 
just to learn things. Behavior of people. People who will come to you, you need to help and support. You know, so many things will come. Division at the church. So many things will come. So you will learn as you go. It is a responsibility. And before you get into it, know that you might not have all of your questions answered before. Before you get to the ground. Maybe where God is calling you to go, to go in the ministry. And uh, before you go in the mission field. All your questions may not be answered. But just make sure that you are called. Make sure that. Make sure that you hear from the Lord. You know, you, know, you need to test the spirit talking to make sure that. And in doing that, you, 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 you will understand it, you know, as you stay in prayer, as you read in God's word, as you get together, you know, with, with godly men, godly women, and so that will pray for you, and the Lord will show you, yes, you can go. So, in Haiti, the ministry that God had, God called us to take care of is huge. And we require a lot of support, and uh, and of course, God is the provider. But we look for our brothers and sisters in the U.S. to stand with us, to pray and help as the Lord leads. I can tell you guys, I mean, I've been saying that. Yes, we we have needs, like you know just to help the kids. But more than that, what, I, what we, we need the most right now is prayer. The way the country is going, we need prayer. And prayer works. When you pray for us, you know, God does answer. And, you know, you know we feel it. Because there are times that, you know, we probably could say, hey, can we do it? Should we stay in Haiti? Or, I mean, you know, all questions would probably just coming from here and there. You know, we just always need to remember God called us. So, please pray. Keep praying for us. So, as leader at Calvary Chapel, County Haiti, so people are really looking for Calvary Chapel. I mean, I'm talking about the people at the church and the community. They are, they are seeing Calvary Chapel kind of as a refuge, a place that whenever they have some problem, you know, the famine, and a big thing happened in the area where they need help, you know, however, going to the hospital, you know, anything, like that, they would come to us. They would come to the church, see what they can do. So, now I need to remember that. God wanted Abraham to be a blessing. I always need to remember that. For me being in Haiti, to take care of God's work, God wants me to be a blessing to people. When they come and talk to me, I need to give them time. I need to spend time with them. So, they might need a word from the Lord and the word is coming through me, <laughs> so to get to them. 
And sometimes, for, for some reason, people at the church, they, they feel real comfortable when they're talking to the leader. Because we need to remember, as leaders, we are not God, but we represent God. There are problems people will have, they will go straight to us, even though sometimes we don't have the answers. But together we can pray, waiting on the Lord. So I need, to, I need to remember that, yes, as people are coming, looking at Calvary Chapel as a refuge, I cannot say, no, 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 we don't have any food. No, we cannot help you. <laughs> Let me pray about it. Because we, we are a blessing to people. We're taking care of God's people. We need to make sure that we treat them well. We need to pay attention, our ear, just to listen to what, to the problem, to what they're going through. Here's Abraham, thinking about you know going to 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 Egypt, but something happens. But we, you know, when we read scriptures, I mean, you know, many of us, you know. That may happen to many of us. The first time we read it, we get this from the scripture. The second time we have that. The third time we have this and that. Because this is how the Lord works. That's why we can never, even though you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible will, the scripture will always be new to us. Because this is, things renew every day, Right? So, when you read the scripture, you know, don't say that, hey, I've read it, you know, several times. Just read it and put yourself ready for something new God wants to show you. Abraham was kind of thinking a lot about him going to Egypt. There was a problem for Abraham. Abraham said, hey, my wife is so beautiful. How am I going to handle that? You see who is the problem? His wife was the problem. So now we need to help understanding that problem. It can be a good, it can be a bad problem. But let's say it together. He was thinking and saying that, hey, I don't want to be killed I don't want to be killed. And, you know, he was thinking about it. If you go to verse 11, so, so when he was about to enter to Egypt, he said to Sarah, his wife, I know that you are a woman beautiful in appearance. Wow. And when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me. But they will let you live. So, say you are my sister, verse 13, that it might go well with me because of you and that my life may be spread for your sake. There was a problem with the beauty of Sarah. Well, guys, 
<laughs> I know that we are always looking for beautiful women, right? We, you know, that's natural from us. That's natural. I know. That's okay. We're always looking for great looking girl. But I want you to know he's what waiting for you too. Yes, Abraham has had a good, beautiful woman, but here he is, you know, coming to a point that he, he had to lie. Having the desire to have a beautiful woman as your wife, there is nothing wrong about it. There is absolutely nothing wrong about it. But more than that, look for a godly woman. Abraham made it clear that the beauty of Sarah, I mean, the appearance, I mean, when you look at Sarah in the outside, you know, you would have what we call a second look. So, I'm glad, you know, the Bible talks sometimes, you know, about, you know, beautiful men too, but I have not seen the record of, uh, of a woman lying because she has a handsome man in the Bible. And I question that. Does having a beautiful woman, there can be temptation there. It's easy to, be, to have a temptation around that. We need to know that. But if the beautiful woman that you have is not grounded in the word, she can be a problem for you. Because there will be times she will have to resist. Because all of the eyes are going straight to her. This is what Abraham said. Abraham said, my wife is so beautiful. When I get to Egypt, I know for sure People are going to look at her. And so they might want to kill me in order to get her. Let's see Abraham right now. Abraham has the needs to get the food for the family. And now he is thinking about Sarah that can be a problem, not because Sarah wanted. Sarah did not create herself. God created Sarah. And so, here is Abraham. What to do? Yes, that is a problem. He knew that getting there, the Egyptian would fall in love with Sarah. So I wonder... If God would tell Abraham in advance that some, sometime down the road he would have to trade 
Sarah for food. What would he say to the Lord if the Lord showed him the whole picture? I believe there are things that there are times in our life, in the ministry, we question ourselves like, if we knew that would come, we probably would be a mechanic. We probably would be an engineer. We would go to church, you know, but not a pastor. But we need to know that God is in control. And we need to be ready just to learn it one step at a time. And be ready just for God just to, to take control. I mean, let's not try to do it on our own. But let, let's God do it. Yes, I wonder about it. I'm sure he would probably think about that situation. But most of the time, you will know the next steps when you get into the ground. And after you are done with the previous steps, you will know the next one. We need to be ready for that. In verse 13, he said to Sarah, let's make a deal. Right? That's why he said, let's make a deal. Say that you are my sister. Just, that's what you need to do to save my life. Say that you are my sister. So what would happen when he would say that he is his sister? So the Egyptians, you know, Whosoever would love Sarah would just take her. I don't know how how it would feel, but I don't think I could say what Abraham said. What Abraham said. Just say you are my sister. And for me to look at you in the hand of someone else, and you my wife, I don't think I could handle that. But I'm trying just to think what how Abraham thought. In saying, just say, you are my sister. Maybe Abraham knew that God would stand on his behalf for nobody just to be able to touch his wife. Because we're going to see, again, God testing Abraham, saying that, give me your son as a as the offering. And we see that in the scripture, the, a, a, Abraham think about it and say, God will provide the land. But let me do what God asked me to do, knowing that for sure he will provide. I'm thinking about, you know, did he think that way? But I don't want to talk for him. But he said, Sarah, let's make that deal. So another question came up. Did God know Abraham would face that situation? Yes, he knew. How do we know that he knew? Because he is omniscient. Meaning he knows everything. God knew that Abraham would go to that path. And God himself, as I said, the battle is, was not for Abraham, it was for the Lord. The Lord got him there, and the famine came. It was not 
Abraham's problem. It was God's problem. Abraham found himself, you know, in that situation. So let's make that deal. Well, I'm not telling you that for you to, to do the same thing Abraham did. But this is how he could handle it. We are all going to face a hard time on the mission field or the ministry that God has called us. We will face problems, and they will come most of the time. They will come most of the time without alarm. We will just find ourselves in the middle of the problem, and guess what? We need to deal with it. That's what we need to do. With God's strength, we need to deal with it. So, be courageous. Be courageous. So. In verse 14, exactly, let's read it. We're getting there. In verse 14, it says, When Abraham entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw the woman was very beautiful. Verse 15, And when the princes of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. That was exactly what Abraham, Abraham was thinking. And it's happened. Well, how many of you is ready to trade your wife for the ministry? Hmm. That, that, have you... Did you think about it? Maybe not. How many of you would think like Abraham? Just because the people were so hungry, the famine was there. I'm trying to put myself in his part. He had no food. And there he is, he had to provide food for them. I'm sure you'd probably say, no. I can't do it. And saying, no, you can't do it, I get it. But each and every one will handle a situation the way he can. There are situations in life, what you do may not be what I will do. But you have to make the decision. So let us be honest. It can be hard to focus if you have to deal with jealousy in the ministry. If you have your wife and you have to, and you know, there are things you know, going on and, and jealousy came up in the ministry, it's, you, know, you won't be able to focus. It will be hard. So let's see, verse 16. And for her sake he dealt with he dealt well with Abraham, and he had sheep, oxen, and male donkeys, male servant, female servant, a donkey, and camel. So, because of that, was because of Sarah. So, but the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plague because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Wow. God 
intervene. The Lord did not stop walking. The Lord continued just to be on the side of Abraham. So, well, when we are in a position like Pharaoh, it is very important that for us not to not to try to exploit. It's like because we are the one having the food to give, I need to get that beautiful woman. They want food. You are beautiful. Come on. Now, we as leaders, we are in a position that we need to always be careful. Uh, well, there are people who would come to you who would be ready to do anything because they need food. I have that coming my way already. Because they need food. Like for me being in Haiti, you know, yes, people would come straight forward. Because they need food. So we should be very careful. But seeing how Abraham, you know, handled the situation when the Lord asked him to give Isaac in sacrifice, he did not argue with, with God. He accepted. So again, I think maybe Abraham was thinking that the Lord would come and help him in that situation. So verse 18, Pharaoh called Abraham, you know, what is this you have done to me? Abraham knew what he did. What have you done to me? That's your wife. So Pharaoh called Abraham and said, what is this you've done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is your sister? So that I took her for my wife. Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Isn't it I don't know how to say, I cannot say, isn't it funny? Or isn't it interesting just to see how God intervened in a situation that is very difficult, very, very, very difficult? God came in, and he came on behalf of Abraham. So God spared Sarah. God's love never fell. Because I know that he loved them. So, verse 20, And Pharaoh gave man orders concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife, and all of, of that he had. In closing, Abraham was the man of faith. A man who obeyed God. A man who cares for his people. A man who has been respected by many. And we have seen Abraham in, in record of Hebrew chapter 12. He's a man of faith. So he obeyed, as a man who obeyed God. We have seen that. What is our focus today as, missionary, as missionaries? 
Why this list of questions that need to be answered before going underground? Have not we learned we need to live by faith? According to 2 Corinthians 5, 7, 7 we, walk not by, we walk by faith, not by sight. Why did you leave the place that God has called you? Do you have an answer for that? What is your answer? Abraham went through a lot. But if you would keep reading the promise God made to Abraham came through. So I want to tell you, you can trust God's word. And what we really need to focus on, I know that we've been, we've been reading God's word. No doubt we've been doing that. We've been reading God's word. But there's one thing I would like to see all of us to do. It's just to put God's word, God's word in action. We've seen many people reading. We've seen many people meditating, meditating or meditate on, on the word of God. But we see less people acting. And we need that. Why have you learned the word of God? Why are, why are you reading all the time? When you read Genesis chapter 12, what does it tell you? I will leave that up to you. May God bless you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for tonight's study. And thank you for your word. Your word is always new to us. And uh, we will always find things interesting, things good, if we really pay attention and read it. And Lord, thank you so much for this study tonight. And, uh, and I pray that, you know, in this chapter, you know, what you've been sharing would go straight to the heart of the people. And, uh, and it can be a blessing to them. And Lord, you know, let us not taking the Bible and put it away and, and take it again on Sunday. But let's read it every day. Because we, we always need to know that. We need to know what you have to say. You know, we need to plan for the day, but we cannot do it without you. But Lord, help us to remember we need to read your word, we need to meditate on it, and we need to put your word in action. I pray you in Jesus' name. Amen.